0: Hello and welcome to your weekly edition of your Rangers podcast. This is the Cybrox. Hello, my name's Scott Patterson, and as usual, we're joined by uh, guests Tommy McIntyre and Willie Boyd. Hello, guys. How are you doing?
1: Evening, guys. How are you doing, lads?
0: Very well, thank you. Busy week?
1: Isn't isn't always? I mean, I don't know about you guys, but it's the 11th of January. I'm not entirely sure where the first week post-Hugman8, as went. Agreed. Um, aye, there's quite a lot going on, but same old, same old, unfortunately, when it comes to the pandemic.
2: Indeed. Um, absolutely. As ever myself as well, so. although the day I had
0: a wee day off up, so, was good. Lucky
1: okay, man. Aye, very good for you, yeah, you kept that to yourself.
0: <laughs> so listen, we won't cover um, Dubai too much, but I don't think we can let it go unnoticed. As we recalled um, here on Monday evening, um, today has been an absolute bomb scare of a day for for Scottish football and the authorities and all the regulations that are being followed or not in some cases as far as Covid is concerned. I think the big glaring thing for me, Tommy, I'll come to you first, is do the antics of our friends across the city put the season at risk as things stand just now?
1: Potentially, yeah, and probably more importantly, potentially lives at risk as well. Uh, and we shouldn't make light of that. And, you know, uh, Crystal Julian, who seemingly, uh, I think, potentially has uh, COVID 19, I might not be right on that, but if he does have it, we wish him a speedy recovery. No, Nobody should, you know, want anybody to contract it. But, uh, you know, the helicopter is definitely down uh, today in terms of they've quite flagrantly um, played about with the protocols. They were a way to Dubai for bit of a jolly, you know, kind of break. They've come back. Shane Duffy, for example. and Again, I'm not picking out individuals here. It's a club thing. Shane Duffy was said by their own club he can't make the Hibs game. He left the isolation of the club bubble to go home for personal reasons. It's quite clearly documented. That's fact. And is now playing this evening for Celtic. So, yes, it does jeopardise that. And you get a feeling that they're testing the limits of just how much they can get from a compliant governing body, but at some point, and it is a compliant governing body, let's be very clear about that. At some point, someone's going to have to draw a line from this. The one capstone to that is if the season was to be called, right, and Rangers won it or whatever, or indeed, probably more importantly, they have docked any points, it plays right into a narrative of their fan support of Operation Stop the Whatever. We are put upon woe is us. We are a marginalised group within Scottish society. The football masons are out to get us. All nonsense. They are playing with people's lives here, and they should have been. absolutely can for it.
0: We have to see if, if that does happen. That we hope that someone gets out and removes all that fencing and around Celtic Park. <laughs> Willie, I want to come to you about the um, the the lower leagues this afternoon, um, who have been penalised almost immediately, uh, and and Partick Thistle have put out a really good statement today. Um, Verifying what everyone else is thinking to be perfectly honest, but really really importantly going way back to April and with a big shitty stick Shouting we told you this was going to happen. We told you this was going to happen
2: Yeah, I know it's a bit unfair for the teams that are full time. I think it's them that are getting the the, the most kind of financial pressure probably too. They're going to get hit hardest with us. Um, Queen's Park will be in a similar situation, but they're in the two, but uh, playing big wages, but I, I don't know. It's so difficult. But I mean, if I'm part of this so I'd be, I'd be absolutely human. You've put everything in place, probably to go and see the rest of the season. Yeah. as you said, they've foreseen this sort of coming, um, but nobody's listened, you know, and that seems to be the issue at the SFA and the SPFL.
0: So I think as a, as a group, we will kind of will watch the the developments for this as they as they continue during the week, which we we thoroughly expect back to
1: our Sorry, team. Sorry, Tony. My Scott. Can I just add one thing to that? You're right, we need to move on because it's not predicated on our club. But just one thing that's worth hitting again in terms of the button. Rangers as a club offered to pay for an independent review into the governance of this game in Scotland. An independent review. All yeah. we were doing was writing a check. And we were sneered at and laughed at. And told that we were small minded with a small mentality and didn't understand the bigger picture. We put that in italics or air quotes or anything else, we put it in a, black, a poly bag and stick it in the river, right? That's what we were told. And now you get clubs like Cardiff Thistle or even a Hearts or numerous other clubs, particularly in the lower order, who are facing ruin, ruin going out of existence. And some other clubs in the Premiership, like uh, let's say Comarnock, for example, who turn around and say, oh, hold on. I was a turkey that voted for Christmas and I understand why I'm getting stuff and shoved up my jacksie. Do you know what? Reap equals sow in this country and hell mend a lot of them. My heart does go out to the smaller clubs who have got loyal fan bases in the community and don't deserve this. But Rangers offered. Rangers were told we didn't understand the landscape and we should shut our mouths and move on. Do you know what? We did. We got our house in order. We sit top of the table. We're looking down at a lot of mistakes being made.
0: In 23, this weekend saw Rangers travel to Pitodry for the, the third tie of the season against Aberdeen. Rangers have come out on top in both ties. The uh, victory, Ibrox, and of course on the first game of the season, and um, we won one nothing, which was that eerie game at Pitodry. Watching with, with, no fans here, really bizarre. I felt um, we went up there at the weekend. I didn't think we started. That great, I thought Aberdeen looked like they were quite happy to, to press in against us. Cosgrove, the big lump that he is, just basically gave Goulton and Balogun a little bit of difficulty and missed a chance early doors. For me, that was really all they done as far as posing us any trouble, Willie. I felt that um, over the course of the, the first half, I was really impressed with the front three. I thought Morelos, Kent and Hadji all were very good. Uh, I don't know what your um, take is, on certainly the introduction of of those three up front.
2: Yeah, no. Uh, just the kind of opening 15-20 minutes was kind of a bit, um, you know, back and forth. We with Aberdeen, we couldn't really get a football, but we started kind of getting a few chances. I think it was as we flicked the Hadji fired just over. I think he broke uh, Willie Vesey's mate's camera <laughs> um, and keep it that on Twitter. And uh, yeah, I think we, we kind of um, we had a few kind of decent chances up until then. Then we started moving the ball about a, week a lot better. That was seen, you know. Clear as day we, with with a movement. We went to we Aribo and Morales to get into the box to to win as a penalty. You know, so it, was, it did take it a wee while get going. But I felt once we got going, you know, we were a bit kind of comfortable. To
0: the Tommy, I want to come back to you on the on the penalty that, that Willie mentioned. So I, I think that I don't think there's any doubt that it it was a penalty. Um, part of me. Doesn't agree necessarily with that rule that you get a penalty and you that's the sort of double jeopardy side of it you, you get a man sent off as well. However, it's the rule Hedges was quite right to go and at that point you think there is no danger that Tavernier is not going to score and um, and I have to say team Patterson were up on their feet and then we saw it come off the advertising board to the back in the back of the back of the, um, the back of the goal so Surprising that he he missed we have to see on on Sunday.
1: Oh definitely, I don't think you were alone uh, in terms of doing uh, <laughs> up on your feet. It's, it's the way it went by and it, but it, it came back into the net so to speak. Still like, nestled in the net, didn't it Couch? I, 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 I don't think the ball couldn't like, The ball could believe that it hadn't hit the back of the net, so I was trying to get back in, you know. Um, I, I think they, they said in the commentary, I, collect, I like, and it is, you know, it's, um, and you see how angry Tav was with himself. Yeah, absolutely. Walking away, he was like, that's not any, just got his form a wee bit incorrect because he sends Lo- Lewis the wrong way. You know what I mean? All it needs to do is hit the hit the target and it's going in, and it's always difficult, you know, and um, I think we could give a wee bit of a bye on yeah. that particular one, particularly because the Rangers didn't let it affect them. But yeah. my worry actually when when we did miss, was, or rather in the, when the sending off happened, and you're right, I'm probably in the same camp as you actually just on that, I get the rule, not a massive fan over it, you know, in terms of that, but it, you know, there's no question that it's a stonewall penalty. Yep. within the rules of the law. And I hate that, um, a lot of our pundits in Scotland do that. By the letter of the law, it's a it's a penalty. You, you yep. mean it's a penalty then? Aye, absolutely. You don't, you don't say by the rule of law, it was kind of murder. Aye. No, if you murdered someone, <laughs> that, that's the rule of law. Right, so don't do it again. Um, it's, it's, it's baffling sometimes, it's it's a kind of an act kind of get out for people who want to just put their opinion over the top of whatever. So yeah, aye but, you know, Michael Stewart, I'm not you. Anyway. So, um, although I don't think <laughs> I don't think Ryan Hedges had any biomechanics going <laughs> on at the back, right? As he as he clips Alfie Seals and puts his hand on his back. Correct. mentioned that. Anyway, great to grab the jersey as well. Anyway, none, none of which is what you asked me there, which was, uh, <laughs> which was yeah. My worry when that happened was we'll get um, if we don't score this. Cause I'm always worried when there's a chance or anything like that. Is that that'll get Aberdeen off the hook because what they'll do, they'll just revert to two banks of to well, bank of five and bank of four. Yep. And then they'll try and defend for their life and try and get something. So if we get the penalty and get that initial goal, we force them to try and do something else and we'll have a better goal at it. Thankfully we kept we didn't let the mess affect us and we, we got back into it and Alfredo Morelos we'd missed a pretty easy chance in the first minute. Yep. So it turned it on. But yeah, I thought thereafter we played really, really well. We we did give Aberdeen chance to breathe, and I know we'll touch on this later, but the only thing that we had to play, and I think I said this on social media during the game as well, actually, um, was we just had to battle our own complacency. And that popped up a wee bit as Stephen Gerrard pointed out. But yeah, back to your original point, don't think anybody could believe that, I don't even think Joe Lewis could believe the tap <laughs> miss. <laughs> ready to throw the ball back out. Willie,
0: before we speak about Morelos's first goal, um, which I want to cover in, in not quite a bit of depth, I thought... Technically it was an excellent goal a really really good goal and we'll, we'll come to it in a second as I say Um Something really got me laughing this morning when I was looking on um, social media and there is um, some footage of Alan McGregor suggesting to John Beaton that he should have sent off Curtis Main, and um, And probably the only way that Alan McGregor can do it and get his point across properly as you probably understand I, I think the General consensus is that, that that was also a red card for Aberdeen. They were lucky not to go in at half time with nine men on the pitch.
2: Yeah, no, I've seen it in, in kind of real time watching it on the TV. I kind of had I saw my thought. I thought it was pretty reckless to be honest. Going for that, it was never really favourite to win the ball. And seeing it in the back and replays, it doesn't get any better. To be totally honest with you, and I think McGregor might be right. We need to listen to that. A phone phone in before we actually get some action done about it. To be honest. <laughs>
0: Tommy, I, I, I'm sure you've, you've heard the same footage as me. Um, McGregor was absolutely spot on. You, you couldn't fault anything that he was saying, frankly.
1: Yeah, I mean, who, who knew that uh, Alan McGregor was so vocal during the game? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the big, that's the big shock. Um, I actually, even though I'd watched the game and then I saw that clip, I keep expecting to see him running in from the <laughs> side and shouting in there for the And that's, that's the thing. And it's another one. Obviously, on my high horse about pundits um, uh, tonight, which, which is why fan media is much better. There you go. There you go. That's one for the listeners. Um, <laughs> but uh, which is that? It's another get-out that was used in the commentary and was used in the post-match analysis as well. It's this. Oh yeah, it, it's bad, and you know, but you can see that there's, there's no contact. the Barisic pulls out the way, and Bonaventure Barisic does pull out the way means boot forget just the high one, as he comes down, Bean tries to go onto his ankle as well, and yep. Barisic kind of leaps back and goes to, oh yeah, but there was hardly any contact, Barisic has jumped out of the way. You've kinda of missed the point there. Again, I'll go back to my analogy. Yeah, he tried to stab me, but I managed to move out of the way. Yeah, okay, so he's still trying to stab you, right? Okay. <laughs> Inspector, close all moments, you know what I mean? Um, not now, Kato, right, so. thanks. <laughs> <right, so>, um, <laughs> <laughs> Works better if anybody's watching this on YouTube, but you know the point being that it's always a case of defence for the person who's quite clearly lost his um, cool, which Curtisman did. He's lost his cool, and he's tried to go out to hurt a fellow professional. He's not trying to get that ball. He's trying to go through ball on the bar and such. and he realizes he doesn't do it with the high foot, and he tries to come down at an angle as well. So much so that as soon as he get a yellow, his manager and his management team went, "Get him off the park." Yeah. Because the ref knows that's so bad that his next foul was going to be a yellow to make the red. So there should have been no get out. It was another red. And if only we had more uh, referees and officials with the conviction of Alan McGregor.
2: <laughs> Indeed. Absolutely right. I think just staying on that though as well. I've seen it in the two previous games now. I think it's similar to Duffy really, the challenge. Mm. Where well, the ref's already sent a player off and he maybe thinks I can't send another one off. How's that going to look, you know? Yep,
0: yeah. yeah. we, we said that on the on the pod after the um the old firm game. Um, Bobby Madden doesn't send off Duffy because he'd sent off Beaton shortly previously to it. I just i, I think that's just the way it is. In, in some games, and um, it's a real shame if someone's going to get seriously injured though because their neighbour's been sent off just beforehand. You know what I mean? So
1: absolutely, Although I think you're right there. Although maybe in the case of Duffy, not that specific challenge in the the old firm game but maybe in the case of Duffy, it'd be Stephen Gerrard and his management team shouting, keep him on, it's a yellow. Um, Absolutely, I
0: leave him on. <laughs> Don't take him off, whatever you do. Uh, I want to I cover the um, Manilos first goal. So I've, I've done a, a little bit of coaching. One of the difficult things that you can do when you're coaching, um, if you're sort of working with strikers, is if a ball is coming across you and you've got your back to go, one of the most difficult things you can do is spin on it and put the ball in the net back in the direction it came from. Now, Alfredo Morelos, I urge anyone watching us on on this pod to take some time to go back and watch Morelos's body movement and the general execution. It was absolutely spot on. He couldn't have got any better time with Tommy. It was a a great goal for him to not reinvent himself, but I think there's, there's definitely an argument that his form has been dropping ever so slightly. I, I felt at the weekend we were starting to see the Alfredo Morelos that we all are desperate to see.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and there's probably a couple of component parts to that. So not having taken uh, or done any coaching or anything like that, but I've I've missed a fair few of those chances at the five. <laughs> and, my, and my actually, you guys weren't there. I've scored a few of those chances <laughs> at the five. Like, is what I mean. Right? Um, although I think Alfie have a bigger backside than me holding the defender off. But that's <laughs> of Um but yeah, there's a couple of component parts. That one, yes, he's not had a stellar, you know, a uh, couple of months within the season, right? He's not, and some of that has to do with the fact that he wasn't taking his chances, he wasn't getting a bit of luck. He set a really high bar for himself, and it's hard to continually do that and exceed it. So you've got a pitch on people's minds, and also he was sacrificing a little bit of himself for the team, dropping yeah. deep and giving away some of that stuff. That's with really- no roof, you were looking, you're thinking, right? is Alfred a man. That chance in the first minute, it's not that he doesn't score it, he doesn't even approach it confidently. He kind of rolls it back to the keeper when he's trying to do a log. But then, you know, he becomes the almost the Alfie of old. He was running into the lines, he was dropping deep, and still doing all that, but his movement and lack of movement, you know, just to get the ball and stuff like that in the box was fantastic. As you see, and you see it really well in the replays, there's a camera angle that's, that's facing to the goal. Yeah. And you see... Alfie, as he takes it in, like you say, takes it in, knows exactly what he's doing, yep. right? it's not just a hit and hold, but as he turns and he hits it in the slow-mo, you can see Joe Lewis has tracked his body movement with the first touch, so he's taken a big step to his right, he's still in the process of that movement when the ball starts to whip behind him, and he's got no chance of being able to redirect his body, so just with that little bit of movement, Alfie, Wrong foot's the defender, but more importantly, wrong foot's the, the goalkeeper. Lewis is a decent keeper, yeah. but he's had no chance of getting to any and he just fizzed it in. Absolutely fantastic strike, and you could see his confidence just <sighs> straight up after that. One of them's finally hit the back of the net. Right, magic, let's just keep going on and giving them a, a real tough time. It was, it was really good to see.
0: Willie, the trip to Pataudry is is often a, a daunting one, like it or not. We always go up there, and you never know what Aberdeen you're going to play, and that's just the way of it, because... Um, they love playing against the Rangers. Let's be honest. Um, I think to going up there one nothing at half time against a ten min Aberdeen, you were you are really quite pleased um, and looking forward to come out in the second half. We'd done that and scored a really good goal in the second half. Good play down the right hand side and uh, the cleverest of death touches from Ryan Kent again places the ball straight in the Marialathis path path rather um, and another really good finish for his second goal in the afternoon.
2: Absolutely, you spot on there, and I also want to give a shout out to Hadji, who I yeah. thought was pretty good with his movement off the ball as well, cause he dragged players and made the, the space for able to dip his shoulder, get the ball in, against that lovely wee touch. And else again, you know, as you saw saying, Lee Sosko, the, you know, he's got the composure to put it in that, that corner. It's the keeper's side, I think, as well. Yeah. He's just put that much power into it and stuff as well, that he's, he's driven it right past them, um, loose and goes.
0: Tommy, we, since the start of the season, haven't had many weeks where we have had a free midweek, almost. I would suggest that Ryan Kent looks like he's benefited from that enormously. He was excellent on on Sunday afternoon for me, one of our better players.
1: Definitely. Yeah, I agree with both of you guys, the triumvirate of uh, Haji, Kent, Morelos. Was was fantastic. I mean, I appreciate they're up against ten men, which gives some pros and some cons because teams tend to get a bit tighter. Um, <clears throat> and I thought Aberdeen actually, by and large, handled themselves pretty well going down to ten men. Yeah, um, which you'd expect from a reasonably well-drilled team. But yeah, I completely agree. I was trying to think of better performances this season from Ryan Kent, and I go back to that first game where he scored the winner at Petardu that you referenced earlier on. And I couldn't think of many more games that would be in the same bracket. I thought that might be, yeah, it's right up there with one of his best performances of the season. Yeah, 100%. Of, he was getting into teams. He was dropping deep. But, and this is one of my frustrations sometimes with Ryan Kent. He was dropping deep, but then he was actually going through the gears a bit more and space was being created in front of him and he was doing more to pull people out of the way. Sometimes I sometimes think he can be a little bit complacent with that. And what I mean is he goes past one guy, and then he looks up and he doesn't see anything on the off. Now, I don't expect him to be able to beat teams on their own. I'm not having a go at him. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying there was a lot more end product to pulling people out of position uh, uh, at the weekend. I, yeah, I th- I'm, the short answer was I agree with you guys. Those three were absolutely fantastic in and Frank Kenton deserves a shout out. as does, as Willie said, Haji, who didn't do anything stellar, but did a lot of that unpicking, of the threads of Aberdeen's defence, getting any wee pockets, making defenders doubt themselves, making them take a step to the left, a step to the right, come out a wee bit, all of these things give your of space in the box, so to speak.
0: Tommy, I'm going to stick with you. Do you think there was a a small blot on the copybook? I felt Stephen Gerrard was quite disappointed in his post match stuff that we conceded the goal in the manner that we did with. James Tavernier being caught really, really high up the pitch and, and Matty Kennedy having the city of Aberdeen to, to run right in on Alan McGregor.
1: Uh, I, I think that's probably a polite way of putting it. I, and he's right to be angry it was a goal born out of sheer lack of concentration and complacency because yeah. we were dominating it. And I can't remember at that point in time when they scored, I think Aberdeen might have had something like 17% possession or something yeah. like that. You know, I mean, yeah. it, the stats were in that zone. And it was, as, as the ball went up, I think Shea Logan plays it up the wing to, um, I, I am Groot. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I, I am Groot is how I'm going to refer to him from now on, right. Uh, right okay, <laughs> there we go. So I should probably do it for probably. Sam Cosgrove, right? <laughs> um, I am Groot. Right, so he's he's got it. And actually, from that moment on, you can see what's going to happen. You've yeah. watching it in real time, but it seemed to slow down. You're like... Why don't we have a centre back there? That, that's right. usually where that goes. Surely it's camouflaged. And you're right with Tavernier being so far up was a problem. Also a massive problem is that Joe Aribo, who's the covering midfielder, sitting in the middle, goes completely to sleep. Because if he goes across, or just even matches Matty um, uh, Kennedy's run, yep. then it's fine. As it is, you should actually see, you probably have in the replay, and, uh, you know, listeners watching us well as well, as it looks back the way as the ball's played, you know, the ball's played up, you've got arebo and Kennedy isn't too far away from him, right? And then you've got um, Tav is way behind, closer to Aberdeen's goal. Absolutely. Arebo switches off that much, but Tav is closer to Kennedy when Kennedy scores. Yeah. That's how much Aribo switches off. So if I was blaming anybody, it's a collective thing. And it's not finger-pointing blame, right? We won the game and all that kind of stuff. But in terms of switching off, Arebo sitting in the middle there. It's his job to do the covering because everybody knows the tabs went further up. And aye, we just get completely caught out. And the problem was we didn't then immediately recover. I mean, we traded a couple of chances, Kamara's and stuff like that, but we did let it affect us. And Aberdeen were pushing at the door. A big surprise to me, actually. I don't know if anybody else uh, notices this type of thing. But a big surprise to me was just right at the end, Aberdeen were on the attack and about to launch it. Yep. And John Beaton blew right on, I think it was four, three, four minutes, whatever, two minutes.
0: Absolutely, yeah.
1: He didn't let the ball go into the box. And I thought, that one, that's surprising. And two, we'd put ourselves in a position that that became a game, last 15 minutes of, I, know, I hope we don't lose a second here, anything could happen. It, it was a lot tighter than it needed to be. And I think that's probably why Stephen Gerrard was pretty annoyed.
0: Well, I would have taken two-one before the game started, and I think in the last previous January's, which we spoke about to death on the podcast, to be perfectly frank, um, there's definitely an argument for two-one being a lead that swiftly becomes two each, and we come down the road from Petardry raging. Um, so I think it was really good to to get to that ninety-second minute that that Tommy refers to, and. And get another three points in the bag to what has been an absolutely wonderful season for us thus far.
2: Absolutely, and I think that's the sort of the mentality that the squads have. They're going to dig deep. They're going to fight for every ball into um, you know the last circuit, mean, minus obviously, Joe Rebo switching off, but as a as a whole, they're they're pretty pretty well drilled, and yeah. they're all usually pretty focused on, on what they need to do. Whereas you've said before, how many times would we have walked away without maybe even nothing in a, in a day like that, you know. Last year, we were 2 nil up at half-time at Pettodrie, was it last year? Or maybe the year before, and we came out with a 2-2 two, two draw. That's right, yeah. Um,
1: that it
2: was, was the year before, yeah, 2-0 two, two up in half an hour. So, it just shows you, like, you know, where we came from. Because I remember hanging at half-time, you know, we could come away first, but 4-5. Obviously, it didn't go that way. I think the team must have thought of that too. I think that's, as I said, I think that's the way the, the mentality is changing. And I think the team are just growing in confidence every, every game.
0: Willie, I'm going to stick with you. Who's your um, centre half pairing? As things stand just now,
2: um, I don't really know. I'm be honest. Well, I know for certain it's Colton, but you can never really tell. Who's well, going n- to none the of stadium. this.
1: None of this, mm. Boyd. Right, you I, pick a pairing, right? None of this. Absolutely on the, on the fence,
2: right? Well, I will. I will pick a pairing. I think.
1: Grow a pair. That's fine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I,
2: th- I think uh, the opening 15 minutes for me, the Aberdeen game, I felt like. Uh, Balikin was getting dragged away quite often, his speed was kind of getting him back into position, whereas I feel Helander would have been sitting and just try to wait for them to come to him maybe, uh, and can I read the game a bit better in that
1: sense, I, I would probably go Helander and Goldson.
0: Thomas, same question yourself.
1: And you're going to get the same answer, in all honesty. I think right now it's 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 still for me Hollander and Goldson. And but that's not a slate. I know we spoke about this off camera as well, guys. To an extent, not slating Leon Balogun, who's a very very good player, and I'm happy to see him in the team sheet whenever he is. And I think Rangers are talking about extent, taking up the option of another year
2: uh-huh.
1: that's in his that's in his contract. I said I'd never be downhearted if it's him and Goldson. But I just like the calmness of Philip Hollander um, and I just think it doesn't switch off. Balogun can switch off occasionally with some of his position. I'll take that St. Mirren Cup game, for example. Yep. Um, and don't roll, some of the counterpoints you may give them, listeners, uh, viewers may give them as well, was okay, well, what about Helander against Benfica or, you know, whatever? I get all that, but I, yeah, Balogun's Balligan, got a wee bit to go just to take Hellander off the. Off the chessboard, so to speak. I don't know why I'm talking about chessboard off the pitch. Right, see, I was to the same, stick to the same game, right. But that's not, not, not for game of getting Nikola Katic um, still, still, on in the there. verge. I, on on the verge of, I don't know, painting himself blue and call himself the, the the Rangers Hulk. Right? He's a real but, warrior, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Right, honestly, he's he's probably just need to put on a couple of pounds of muscle and then he's he's. Then will be
0: okay. Aye, I am absolutely am Just thinking that, looking at you there, Tommy.
1: <laughs> oh, listen, this isn't this isn't me. I'm just really far away. <laughs> 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 right, so, um, but uh, no, I there you go. We're very blessed to be able to have the argument of Goldson, Hellander, or um, Balogun and we'll get Catterick not coming back. I remember a time when we were looking at centre backs and Rangers jerseys and going. Don't want anyone. You, need, you play them all, and we'd still concede.
0: I think if Helander has the or had rather the pace of of Balogun, I don't think there would be any debate. But I think the the way that um, teams are playing against us just now, if they're putting one man up top that's pacey, I think Steven Gerrard sees the value in having Leon Balogun in there beside Goldson as opposed to having Helander in there. Perhaps different in European games. will... All things being well, we'll we'll find out against Antwerp. I would fully expect Halander to to play in those games because he is more of a continental centre half. Probably comes from his time as in Italy. Certainly,
1: you know what it's a very it's a very valid point, right? And there's no wrong answers. But it's, it's a really good good point. And like I said, I don't think there's a bad pairing in there. Yeah, right. And, um, and you know that Golson's always going to be the main one. I think just in his defence and Balogun's defence as well, or in your your picks defence, uh, is that I think. He's better than Herlander at stepping out of the defence with the ball and he creates a wee bit of havoc in the midfield yeah. for other yeah. teams. You know, he does come forward with his not so much, and maybe that speaks to the pace bit as well. Where and knows if he steps out, he's not getting back as quickly yeah. as you know, he maybe needs to. So yeah, I, I do I do get the point. I do get it.
0: This is Ibrox. So guys, today we've seen some some news that, that has probably surprised um, some people back and forward. We have seen that Rangers have been linked with the Aberdeen frontman Scott Wright on the for rather the potential of a, a pre-contract agreement for him to come to Ibrox in the summer. Um, from what we, we we see and read on um, all the reliable forums such as internet etc 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 there could be a keenness to, to try and get him in at, at some point this month. Tommy, he, he seems like a decent player who can play Either side, he is, without saying he's similar to Ryan Kent, I think his flexibility, you could argue that he, he can play right or left um, quite comfortably as well. Uh,
1: def- definitely, and he's got a decent turn the pace. Uh, I think he's scored two, two goals in 17 appearances this season or something like that. Although, I know he was—I uh, he's just back from a double hernia. laid yeah. him up for about six weeks. So, yeah, I mean, I suppose you're looking at, I know you weren't comparing like for like then, with Ryan Kent, but I I do get the point you make. Yeah, you know you're asking, is he what is he twenty three something like that? I think he's round about he, that. He's at a decent age. I, he's in there somewhere, isn't he? So, but he's not going to cost a hell of a lot. Aberdeen, I think I've seen an interview somewhere where Derek McInnes had already kind of admitted defeat in the the pursuit to get him to sign an extension, saying that he was yeah. looking at other options down south and stuff like that. You're looking at is he another? Well, if we came in, is he better in terms of first time, uh, first team upgrades to a, you know, a Greg Stewart or a Brandon Barker? Right, I I'd probably argue that he maybe is. Right, yep. these guys aren't looking, and they'll be on not massive wages. Do you know what I mean? And then you're probably looking at is he another Jake Hasty? Um, he, was, he was still at the still at the club and shouldn't be forgotten or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he looks like he's got he's got something about him. He's young enough. He won't cost. Anything really, you know, very much in that Glen Kamara bucket. Yeah, indeed. Of, of course. And can he do his job? Well, it seems, you know, good enough. Um Yeah, I, for for what the punt could be, it's not a massive gamble. And I'm always keen to see Rangers pick up young, emerging Scottish talent from teams in our league. That's always a really good sign. So right, if he does half the progression that Glenn Kamara has made since he came in, then I'll, uh, I'll definitely take that.
0: Willie, a relatively um, low-risk signing for Rangers if it was to go ahead even this month or or towards the end of the season and into the summer?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Not much risk at all. I mean, I've not really seen a gate to him, so I'll not, I'll not tell you about his abilities. But I think it probably won for the European quota, because I think over the past few years we've been quite light in the European squad, where we've not been able to you know maximise it to the full. So maybe that's a, that's one of the reasons that we're going for the play.
0: Big one for me over the last couple of weeks has been the the loss, if you like, of of Scott Arfield and the, the everlasting saga that has seemed to be the Ryan Jack injury, um, which seems to have happened by all accounts after the Scotland game. I'm happy to be corrected if that that's not the case. Uh, we we've missed both of these guys at, at various times. I think. Um, none more so in, in, in the old Firm game, which I, I felt we, we did miss Ryan Jack and his ability to just keep things together, keep the ball, nice easy passes, etc. With that being the case, and Ryan Jack maybe now being a little bit fragile, although we appreciate he's probably on the verge of moving back into full-time training, as the season progresses, you wonder if it's worth us bringing in perhaps another midfielder um, at some point this month. I don't know what you think, Tommy. Should we be adding to our midfield just now?
1: I'm, I'm not entirely convinced, uh, in all honesty, but let, let me flesh that out cause I do very much appreciate the question uh, and, the, and the position, which is for the a uh, returning Ryan Jack, I and I completely agree with you guys, I thought we missed a little bit of midfield dominance and composure Yeah. in the, in the old firm game, uh, which is one of the catalysts of why Celtic were able to dominate it so much. Um, all the good it did them. I polished your shots on target medals, lads. Right? So um, it's, I've been waiting since the cup final to use that one. But uh, you know, it it, did, it was noticeable. You're absolutely right. Uh, do I think that we need another body on top of Bungani Zungu and you've still got guys like Jamie Bargionis and stuff like that uh, in the reserves as well? I'm not entirely convinced we do. Okay. And I would go for it as far as saying is, if we were to, it would, it would need to be a short term loan. I don't, I don't think buying another midfielder at this point in time, unless it was somebody, as Stephen Gerrard always says, that massively enhances the squad. But that's the whole point of Zungu being there. Uh, I think maybe the problem is Zungu, and he's. I'm not going to go Bongani Zungu here, but any short cameo appearances and his two starts um, hasn't. He said we flashes, but he looks like kind of guy who's still trying to get up to the speed of the game yeah. in Scotland.
0: Willie, same question to you. Do you think we need another midfielder this month?
2: Um well as Tom said, you know, we've got other players in reserve with like Beljonis and stuff like that. So I don't think it will happen, if I'm honest with you. But I'm just wondering, just gonna throw something at you. If we did need a, another midfielder, do you think the possibilities that he recall lost in uh,
0: I seen this last week, and I don't. I don't think that is purely because of the agreement in place with Aberdeen. So I, I doubt it very much. Um, I, I, from a, a young promoting the the youth perspective, Tommy's referred to Jamie Baljonis there, who I certainly expect to get on loan at some point this month. Um, it'd be interesting to know if there was a similar sort of agreement in place for Stephen Kelly, who I believe has now had sort of three man in the match performances on the bounce for Ross County under Yogi Hughes' leadership now, of course, so um, it would be very interesting to know how Stephen Kelly comes back in the summer and if he automatically becomes part of the first team squad at Ibrox, but I think that the Ross McCrory one is is one that's definitely um, done in the water now, Tommy, I think.
1: For all those reasons you, you mentioned there and I'm sure I'll, you know, maybe Cause a little bit of unsettling with some of the uh, some some fans, but it's just not good enough. Why would you bring Ross McCrory back? Yeah. You know he's you know the reason why he couldn't get a berth in our team is because Stephen Gerrard the management team looked at him and went, you're not a centre back, you're not a full back, you're not a midfield destroyer, you're certainly not a midfield passer of the ball. And that's not me having to go at the boy. I hope I thoroughly hope we will get so much better going at uh, another club and eventually comes back to Rangers because I know he's a fan and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. but it's not not good enough so if you're going to bring somebody in they have to be able to go into the first team which is why you need a level of quality so some of the players that are referencing there maybe kelly if you're willing to take a pun again but if you're going out to get somebody it has to be somebody who can come into the team or at least yeah. be expected to be able to provide a, a decent level of performance because what you're looking for is the question back to you both then if let's say the predication of your question is we're going to go bring in another midfielder because we need it. Short term, right, because of the injuries to Scott Arfield and Ryan Jack. Okay, so you're looking for somebody who can come directly in or are you looking for somebody who's going to still be behind Joe Rebo Glenn Kamara, Bongani yeah. Zungu, Stephen Davis, in which case you're starting to go down the pecking order because you're going to end up with youth or somebody coming towards the end of their career yeah. because they're being asked to go out to loan, where they're going to sit on the bench at best for the rest of the season.
0: I think it comes down to... In some respects, how much can we rely on Stephen Davis to continue to churn out the, the performances that he has done for the last couple of weeks over Christmas and New Year, and indeed throughout January so far? He, he continues to impress, and like he's mid twenties as opposed to mid thirties. Um, and if, if we can continue to get performances that we have become so used to from Stephen Davis between now and May, um, I would suggest he'll be collecting a winners' medal come the end of the season.
1: I'm, I'm just glad that nobody said Lewis Ferguson, uh, Ditto. A, I'd, rather take, I'd rather take Scott Allen, right, hold on a minute, I, I've I ring thing. <laughs> <laughs> obviously I've not been sticking to my dry January, uh, but you know, I, at least those names aren't getting circulated again, um, don't draw me into the Lewis Ferguson conversation, we don't have time for it tonight.
0: <laughs> Indeed, looking ahead a little bit to the, the weekend then, Game 24 takes us to Far Park. Um, Last time we were at Firth Park, we played really well and none more so than a chap called Jordan Jones, played out his skin and we all know what happened thereafter. Um, It would be good to go to to Firth Park at the weekend and of course now under new management, Graham Alexanders came in there and indeed gave Jake Hasty, who we've recently spoke about, um, some game time at the weekend. He's not really had a, a lot of joy there at all. I, again, would assume that there's an agreement between the clubs that they won't be able to feature at the weekend. Um, I think we can go there relatively comfortable. They are sitting 10th in the league just now. They've obviously got a couple of games in hand. And I think from knowledge, they still have six points up their sleeve or not, depending on what the SFA decide to, to do with them. Is there a risk, Tommy, that we go there and experience that kick that, that clubs sometimes get when they bring in a new manager?
1: There is always that concern, uh, as you say, that 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 up up kick. Uh, I'm going to say uptick, Is that is that that phrase? I think it is uh, up that you get from a new manager coming. in. that said, I don't think it will stop. I mean, just taking the three points away. Again, we just need to be really composed. We need to be on top of our game because you know Motherwell will get in amongst it. They'll play some decent stuff. There are some decent young players in that yeah. in that Motherwell squad. Really I think you're right, KST. I would imagine, will not be able to feature against us. Uh, Graham Alexander seems like a guy who knows his business, in all honesty. Yep. Uh, but, by and large, I fully expect us to be able to beat them without Jordan Jones. Um, where's Jonesy? Uh, but, um, uh, with a red and white stripy jumper, <laughs> if anybody gets that uh, joke. But, I, I thoroughly expect us to, to be able to beat them. We just have to stick to our game and not get drawn into a bit of a it's actually interesting you referenced that a minute ago. Not get drawn into a game where it's centred on midfield battling. Yeah. And, you know, shelling it long and stuff like that. It's very dependent on what team Stephen Gerrard picks. But it might be a game for your Camaras and your Davises and all that. Just to put a firm stamp right on Absolutely. the beginning of it. And then hope that we get good performances from our resurgent Ryan Kent, Yanis Hadji, Alfredo Morelos. Um, I don't think we like I'll be back to that point. So it's
0: us with what we went with at Aberdeen, I would suspect. Willie, last time we were there, um, Cedric Eaton scored an absolute perler. And I would argue it's one of our better goals of the season. Um, it would be good to see him get some, some game time again. His game time, probably over Christmas and New Year and the, the month of January so far, hasn't been great. So I suspect you'll maybe see him over the next couple of weeks and get some more football on his legs.
2: Yeah, no, he's a, he's a football player I quite like. I like the look of him. He's the first kind of minute, I know it he wasn't. He's nobody banging in goals left right and centre. Not playing every game or coming off, on off the bench, but I kind of like his hold up playing, like his effort. You know, off the ball, he does a lot of running, a lot of dirty work as well. Yeah, uh, you know, hassles defenders. So he's he's always that kind of. I don't know. I quite like a striker. Like, he's similar to Morales in that way. Um, also, I, I put in my my Twitter about um, what is it. I I kind of feel sorry for Murray Lush because I I would start reading up front because he's kind of got his friend against Millwall, (laughs) hasn't he? He scored quite a few goals against them. It's similar to what Parpac had against St Johnstone,
0: I think. Of course, yeah, absolutely, aye. Tommy, um, I think the the big thing for me at at the weekend and the the thing that is is really making us tick just now is the the front six, if you like. The midfield three and how they play and the... The three up front of one would assume it's going to be Kent, Maria Los, and Hadji. Um, we have spoke previously about how we don't we're not playing with wingers, um, and I, I I genuinely don't think we are. But the license of of Hadji and and Kent to sort of play narrow and almost roam around the pitch um, is really good to see this season. They've given us some really good games
1: they have and i think uh, you know i think you're right and i believe we've maybe referenced it in some some ways previously as well which is it's the the nature of the rotation of the front three yeah um which baffles defenses and or opposition defenses and to a certain extent operation uh opposition midfields because some you know you, they don't know if the midfield should drop back to cover a deep dropping morelos uh or the center backs don't know whether they should go into the midfield to, to follow them, do the fullbacks come inside when uh, a Ken or a Haji mix across? Yeah. Does a centre back take him up? That, you're really relying on some amazing communication between the back fours, back five. Well, this is Scotland between the back ten. Um, <laughs> whoever <laughs> we're, whoever going against right. Um you start to wonder why teams are coming out with, with walkie-talkies. <laughs> that was so bad tonight. But um, aye, it's just that that rotational nature. You're absolutely right. Given that. You know, it is a catalyst for, you know, Rangers are all about, you know, expressive movement or dynamic movement in that, that final third of the pitch, which is the front three pull you apart and then what you're hoping for is the kind of golden part of that is if you're not getting goals from your front three, somebody from the midfield is running beyond. We saw a little bit of it from Glenn Kamara with his shot against Aberdeen where he does a one-two with uh, Manelos, but yep. that's where we're missing on our field or... Are we will get back completely on song because our field's amazing at it and getting yeah. beyond. But if those things can come together, then I uh, Motherwell will get, get battled. simply.
0: Well, as it stands this now, we're 23 games in. Uh we're unbeaten. Best goal difference in the league at plus fifty-three, and we've only conceded six goals. Um we obviously know that the team in second have have games in hand to play. They have to win them. I think everyone largely expects them to do that. However, we do Move throughout January, a month that previously has given us a lot of jitters uh, and a lot of uncertainty. Um, There's there's definitely a change on this season. Um, There's a change in mentality, there seems to be a change in in atmosphere in and around the players. Uh, I I think we look really, really good and strong going throughout the month. it's going to take a really hell of a good performance, or a complete brain fart from ourselves, for us not to to win the league this year.
2: Absolutely, I think um, <clears throat> you know the, the cup upset with September in, you know, when something Peters, I think that gave us a week kind of kick because through December I know we're still not really quite at the levels we were, um, maybe October, November, um, but I think that kind of gave us the next week kick on that we needed. Uh, made the squad kind of focus a wee bit more. on, I said it right at the start of the season. I want to league, so let's just hope that
0: continues Tommy our numbers and our stats generally as things stand just now are very very impressive
1: best team in the country you know it's it's stats can tell you some things and hide some things and you know I'm not going to roll out the old Debbie scove dial as much as <laughs> I enjoy it but you know the stats, are, the stats are telling or just backing up what we are seeing with our eyes and when we watch Rangers and when other supporters of our uh, or supporters of other teams watch us as well. Is that the two things have come together? The stats are telling us we're the best team in the country. Our eyes are telling us we're the best yeah. team in the country. Opposition teams are telling us we're the best team in the country. Results are telling us we're the best team in the country. There's a small narrow corridor of media that tells us we're not the best team in the country. Yeah, I sense that we might be the best team in the country.
0: Indeed. Guys, listen, thanks for joining us tonight. This has been This Cybrox brought to you in Association with our good friends at the insurance practice. They can be contacted um, via the phone number, which I'll be honest with you, I don't have in front of me just now. However, they do have an email address which is equally as handy. Admin at this cybrox. Uh, admin, admin at the insurance Uk. On this is ibrox across our website, ww.thhsybrox.co.uk Check out all of our previous pods. Some excellent interviews in there with Bugera, De Boer, Button. My interview with Ian Durant is in there as well. If you get the chance to look at it, we highly, highly recommend you do. We will do it all again next week. Gentlemen, Willie, Tommy, thanks for joining me. Thanks very much. I'm
2: shaking. You want to go I, I stay Why?